0: I think on a personal level, I've learned that there is an end, I'll say, to the picture. At some point, the picture is empty and you have to refill. And and I did not always, I guess, subscribe to that mentality. I've always thought, you know, strong, resilient, you know, throw it at me. We'll be okay. But I think COVID and this whole pandemic has really taught me that there are some limits to that, especially personally, and that if you don't use or have that time to really refill and and replenish yourself personally, you cannot lead, especially in this type of highly, highly stressful environment.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. I'm honored to welcome Dr. Benita Coleman on our show today. Benita is the superintendent of Ocean Springs School District and has served in education her entire professional life. Ocean Springs School District has set a new standard for Mississippi school districts by focusing on student success, instructional development and coaching, and effective principal leadership. The district has increased their graduation rate to over 90%. During Benita's tenure as Deputy Superintendent of Prince George's County Public Schools, she helped lead the nation's 18th largest school district and established an ambitious plan to create rigorous learning opportunities for students and evaluative systems for teachers and administrators. In addition to her role as superintendent, Benita has also served as a K-12 teacher, visiting professor, and scholar at a number of universities and spent several years as the Associate State Superintendent for Academics for the Mississippi Department of Education. Benita Coleman will join us to present at our upcoming conference, What's Right in Education, on November 17th and 18th. You can learn more about What's Right in Education on our website, studereducation.com events. We hope you'll join us virtually to connect to purpose and learn practices and strategies that can transform your organization and strengthen your leadership skills.
2: So welcome to our show today, Benita. It's just so great to have you with us and to have a conversation with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
2: So as um, let's start. I know we're going to talk about communication today, and, and um, I've had the pleasure of, of uh, watching you and your leadership and listening to the work, the great work that you've done in Ocean Springs, but with the focus on communication, you've led your district to, to return to school, as you, many of your colleagues have done. What's been some of the most important actions you've taken as a leader that's helped you do that successfully? So,
0: first of all, thank you of course, for, for being here and or allow me to be here today and, and have conversations like these. I think it also helps me just in terms of being more reflective um, when I have the opportunity to sit and really think through some of the things that we've done. Because to be quite honest, the last six months have really been a blur for most of us as leaders. I think some of the most important actions that, that we've really tried to take as a leadership team is to, number one, stay current with the research around the virus. And, and I will say not just the research that's maybe on social media, but actually the research. And so we very early on tried to make sure that we understood not only how the virus was transmitted so that we could start building mitigation plans around that, um, but also trying to make sure that we were thinking down the road six months to a year about how we could continue to provide instructional opportunities for our students, either in the buildings or virtually, and also how we would retool our teachers to be able to do that as well. Um, Some of the most important actions That I think we've taken this year to build those virtual continuums so that as students came back in our buildings and maybe had to quarantine um, because of direct contact, they were able to continue their classes virtually um, within a matter of minutes. Making sure that we were very thoughtful in terms of building the technology pieces that we needed Um, for our teachers as well as our families uh, has also been one of, I think, the most important actions. And, And then also trying to help parents gear up in terms of helping their students at home. We had the opportunity in the spring when we had to close down like every other school system in the country. Um, we regeared and refocused and tried to go virtual within a, the matter of a week, which was, I will tell you, um, something beyond belief now. But we learned a lot during that time in the spring, and we actually used that this summer to build a stronger virtual campus for our students and our family members. Um, so it's, it has been intriguing work. Um, Disruption, of course, brings a, about great innovation. But it's also, I think, one of the most rewarding times to be an administrator and to be an educator and to know that everything that we do on a daily basis right now really does have a lifelong impact on our students.
2: Yeah, I think that's critical. You know, it's sometimes you can't even breathe, I'm sure, Benita, you and your team. I mean, every minute of every day is is so critical in terms of the decisions that you make. And so you make those decisions and then it's a matter of doing good communication so that people understand them. And so you've been very transparent with your communication approaches. So can you talk a little bit about what you all have done with that transparency
0: Sure. We were always, for I'll say for the last three or four years, we've always had a strong social media presence in terms of a district, not only just talking about the great work that's going on in our schools, but also signaling to our community, internal and external, when there were needs that needed to be met. We have continued that social media presence, but we've also, I think, we've really tried to be more considerate with understanding how to communicate in the middle of a crisis, because that's what the pandemic is. It is a crisis, and it is a crisis that is not a short-term crisis uh, as well. So we built an entire communication plan around our reopening strategy so that parents would know what to expect. We've also done that same thing in terms of our internal community. Superintendent memos, of course, on a monthly basis, um, but also sometimes on a weekly basis as need arises. Um, Also just trying to make sure that our website stays up to date. We put a health alert um, Web page up very early on in the spring so that we could direct traffic, anything that was COVID related to that page. And I think that did help in terms of just trying to streamline the communication. One thing, and I, I, I hear all of us as administrators, we, we're really tackling with this is that so many of our decisions that we're making on a daily basis are made in the moment. And so, how to get that information out. To the people who are actually going to do the physical and actual work has been one of our our biggest challenges. So. Um Initially, when we came back this school year, we started to have daily check-ins with principals. And so every single day there was a check-in for principals. You know, what were the issues today that we need to talk about? Um, Not only so they don't replicate if there's a problem to another building, but also so that we are doing knowledge gathering. Um, Now we've kind of scaled those back now that we're uh, about six weeks into the school year. And so now we're doing those on a weekly basis. Hopefully we'll get back to the month. Uh, leadership meetings, but but not right now. The other thing that I've added on, on the midterm level is also a monthly check-in now with assistant principals to make sure that they are aware, because so often principals and assistant principals are running in concurrent circles, and so just want to make sure everyone has the, the information they need. And, and then I think that third prong for us has been to make sure that we are directly communicating internally and externally. We always communicate internally first to our employees, and then we take that information externally. To our community members. So, in the event that that a staff member has a question, they have an opportunity to ask for clarification before a parent may ask them. So, we, we're going to keep pushing in terms of just trying to communicate, being very transparent. Um, we made the decision this week to even post on our uh, website our positive students as well as our positive adults, and even how to do that without creating some sort of HIPAA violation has been something that we've struggled with as as we've been back. But we've also, I think, because we're reporting those numbers out by district, we provided that that information to parents as well. So communication is important. It's always important in the school district. You can't over-communicate enough. And we've learned, of course, with our work through Studer, um, how to make sure we cascade communication, which is a Studer term that we've learned, and also how to make sure we always uh, put that information in one place where everyone can actually access it
2: you know so organized sounds so easy and I know it's not (laughs) you know Benita I know it takes a lot of work to do that but just you know so succinct in the way that you all have approached that KK has said she's just she's uh knows that you've gotten a, a lot of positive feedback from employee students and families from that communication. You know, so how do, how are they feeling? What are, what are they talking to you about or telling you about the approaches or the way that they've been able to at least ease into this year and it, with the changes that are occurring?
0: Yeah, this this year has been tough because it's so different. I will tell you that every day I'm amazed at how well our children have adapted. But we know children are resilient. On the flip side of that, it has been really, really psychologically trying. I know for all of us, every adult in the system, we want to make sure we're able to keep all of our students and all of our faculty and staff members safe. And so that burden alone is psychologically trying. And so just trying to make sure that we are doing the right work, especially when it comes to the health and safety enhanced protocols, and at the same time not losing sight of the fact that we also are responsible for making sure that our students receive, you know, instruction. And because that is our goal. We're school, you know, and, and I wanted to make right. sure as we came back into the school year that we didn't lose sight that we're going to have to do both of these and we're going to have to continue to do both of them very very well in order for us to stay open. Our mitigation plans so far have worked um, well um, and we see that in terms of our numbers of, of positive cases, but even just trying to build protocols for parents to report exposure um, making sure that parents had an opportunity to also develop their own quarantining for their families. And we still provide educational services to those students. Um, all of those things we've kind of had to deal with as they, you know, as, just as they came up. We didn't know going into August that this was actually going to happen. Um, right. So we've learned, I think, from the experience that you have to be adaptable. You have to be resilient. And that's our whole theme this year. We have a theme every year and the theme this year is always resilience. Um, Because we have to push through the year in order for us to continue the work that we have started. And one of the things that I think we keep as a focal point is that we do not want this year to add to the achievement gap of our students, our priority students, Um, our students who need consistent instruction every single day. And that's why we were committed to not stopping instruction in the spring. Uh, and I understand that some districts had to do that because of situations that were presented with them. But we really did try to continue focus on and providing instruction, consistent instruction. If students did not complete their work, they received an incomplete grade and they came back this year and we made sure that they completed that work because we, we truly believe that instruction has to be the focus at all times.
2: Yeah, that's incredible, Benita. I mean, you you know, I've talked to a a number of people and, you know, really, as I hear you talk, I mean, I just, I I bet your parents and your families just... You're not missing a beat. I mean, you just really have that focus of not missing a beat and really helping students learn, and that's not always what we hear, you know. So, um, just can't can't congratulate you and your your team enough because I that's it's it's so critical. I'm sure that you'll present a model for that, you know. So let's turn a little bit to maybe a little more reflection from a personal standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully this will <laughs> this is a once in a lifetime experience um, in terms of the COVID situation and as well as many things that are going. Going on around us in society, you know, as you've managed through the disruption of COVID, you know, what have you learned from this experience?
0: I think on a personal level, I've learned that there is an end, I'll say to the picture. At some point the picture is empty and you have to refill. And and I did not always, I guess, subscribe to that mentality. I've always thought, you know, strong, resilient, you know, throw it at me, we'll be okay but I think COVID and this whole pandemic has really taught me that there are some limits to that, especially personally, and that if you don't use or have that time to really refill and and replenish yourself personally, you cannot lead, especially in this type of highly, highly stressful environment. I've also learned that I've always said that buildings are reflective of the personality of the individuals who lead them. Buildings almost look like their principals. And I've I've seen that same thing through the pandemic. We all want to be very calm, but let's face it, when you literally have the life of individuals in your hands, it is an unnerving situation. And so we've had to come together as a team and pick each other up, up off the floor sometimes and say, okay, we, we have to get through this, you know, and it's okay for you to cry, but we're going to have to fall down seven times and get up eight. We cannot stop. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and I've learned how to accept help. And that's something that I have never, uh, I'll be very honest and transparent about. Team members will tell you, I've never been that person to be able to accept help. My parents passed away and I was at work the next day because as long as I kept my head down and kept working, it didn't hurt. But when the hurt was at work, I didn't really have the the coping skills to really handle that. And so to be able to step away and say, OK, I need to figure out how to handle this personally has also required, you know, not only a whole bunch of reading uh, of you know therapeutic work, but also some some real help in terms of just making sure I'm making the right decisions personally. Um, so all of this has been you know for all of us is is disruptive, and I I hope that as we're going along, we're we're writing down the things that we have really come about, you know, come across in terms of solutions because, again, I I subscribe to that business model of disruption being the greatest innovator. Mm -hmm. But we have to make sure we're paying attention to those nuggets and how do we take that forward. One of the things that I will say that I'm most happy about in terms of our system is how we have been able to use technology in a meaningful way to address the needs of not only our, our staff members, but also our students. And I I really see us continuing to use the virtual campus beyond the pandemic. And I am so pleased about that. We have some students because of family issues, because of illness, because of travel. Now those students will never have to miss class. They can plug in that day. And so I am so pleased at how our teachers have been able to really pick up the mantle and figure out a way, even with their own pedagogy, to address it in a virtual world. You know, I was in a virtual classroom yesterday at the elementary level and seeing 23 students, you know, all across the city, but virtually and learning at the same time and reading narrative texts that they wrote and being able to sit in a writer's workshop with fourth graders was absolutely amazing. And so yeah. I think there's there's absolutely a lot that we can learn from this pandemic that will, that will be great for us instructionally going forward.
2: I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, what it's done and what I hear you say is it's some of the things that we're doing now, we, we would not have done unless, you know, unless we face the same with our work, too. You know, we're having to do things virtually in ways that we depended on those person to person relationships but um right. but you know you but you can you you just learn to figure out how to do them as well or better even at times mm-hmm. you know sometimes we have to be with people and sometimes we can adjust and say we can actually do this better in this environment and i learning i think and you're you're pushing that envelope and people being open to that will be a tremendous difference for our students in the future as we close today I have great regard and respect for you and your longtime experience with leadership in general, Benita. But, you know, I just wanted to close with what advice, as you have reflected and think about now and to the future, you know, what advice do you give to leaders on how to handle disruptive situations?
0: Yeah, I think one of the most important pieces of advice is don't chase rabbits. You know, <laughs> decide decide what your priorities are, who are your priority students, you know, what do you absolutely have to focus on in terms of making sure that you are meeting the goals that you have set and understand that the rabbits will not, they won't stop. You know, the, the, the things that have always distracted us will continue, but you have to be relentlessly focused right now, especially in the middle of a pandemic, because there's so many opportunities for circumstances to really distract us as a leadership team. I have a board member, as a matter of fact, he's my board president, and and he always, every time I'll, you know, I'll bring a situation to him and I'll say, well, well, you know, this is happening, he'll say, what percentage of people have complained about this? What percentage of people actually um, have this as an issue? And it really forces me to step back and say, okay, yeah, that's like five people, but it feels like a herd of elephants, but it's not. And so really taking that analytical approach. You know, while every single person is important and we're going to always try and make sure that we are meeting the needs of everyone, we understand that now we have to make sure we are, we are very focused in terms of our priorities and really addressing the goals that we have. And we cannot be deterred from that.
2: That's great advice. And um, I'll take that in as well. You know, I think it's as leaders, um, our job is more important than ever. That's the way I felt. Mm -hmm. And the the burden is heavy, but it's a good burden to have because you have people's lives in your hands. And um, I think, as you said before, Benita, you know, it's an awesome responsibility and just it, it adds to the value of our work. Really appreciate you being here today. I always learn from you and I know our listeners will as well. So can't wait to see it. What's right in education. We're doing it virtually this, this year and it's going to be different, but we're trying to make it a spectacular show for everyone. So can't wait to have you there with us. Thank you very much.
0: We're looking forward to it. And just remember, we're making history. We just need to get through it.
1: That's right.
2: Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. I learn a lot from Benita. Every time I connect with her, she's one of the best K-12 superintendents in our country and has served education in so many significant ways, so appreciative of her contribution and service to our profession. To learn more about our free upcoming virtual events, like the one that Benita is going to present in, What's Right in Education, and our Destination High Performance, visit studereducation.com events. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.